everyone. Welcome to the Did You Eat podcast. This is episode nine, where I sit down to talk with one of Philly's food legends, Mr. Tony Luke Jr. Tony owns Tony Luke's on Oregon Ave in South Philly, where he sells not just, in my opinion, one of the best cheesesteaks in the area, but also a roast pork with broccoli rabe and sharp provolone, and one amazing chicken cutlet parm, along with all sorts of other awesome sandwiches. He's also a bit of a renaissance man, and we totally get into all that in this interview. So, you know, uh, before I start drooling all over this keyboard, I just want to say thanks for all the downloads. And you can also catch Digi Eat on Twitter and Instagram, where we post pictures regularly. You can catch us at Digi underscore Eat. And of course, the website, DigiEat.com. You could also check out Tony at TonyLukes.com. Man, I need a steak. Whiz wit. Pronto. Well, thanks so much for uh, sitting down with me and uh, having a little chat here. I'm here <laughs> with uh, Tony Luke Jr., the uh, cheesesteak empresario here of Philly. It's a big word. It is a big word. Cheesesteak empresario. Well, I like it, though. Yeah. I think it will, it will look good on a new sign, you know. I think I will get this done. <laughs> I do. I agree. <laughs> well, we're sitting here in your uh, swankier place across the street from your original joint. Yeah, we're at the Flatirons, which is actually not owned by me. It's owned by uh, MBB Management, John okay. Moser. So uh, he did a really good job. I own the building, but it's his place. Gotcha. And I love what he's doing. He's one of my best friends, so I'm always here. And I'm always trying to contribute to the menu, doing new very things, cool. and anything I can do to help out. Very cool, very cool. All right, well, I know you're a busy guy, so uh, I guess let's get to it. Uh, All right. You're a, you're a South Philly guy. Yep. Uh, where, whereabouts in South Philly there? Ethan McClellan. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, growing up, uh, like, what were the foods that you loved to eat? Oh, well, you talk in the 70s. There really wasn't much um, diversity mm-hmm. as there is now. Sure. I mean, I grew up eating pepper and egg sandwiches, sausage and peppers, macaroni, uh, gravy, uh, meatballs, you know, those kind of like traditional sure. Italian food. Sl- well, you know what? We did eat sloppy joes, uh, cutlets, um, basic Italian and some American food uh, mixed in. But when I was growing up, it was regimented. So it was like Mondays was always, you know, this and Tuesdays was always this. And, you know, maybe Friday was always sandwich day, you know, and we do hoagies or, right. you know, and then Sunday was always pasta, mm-hmm. always. So it was, you know, there was there was no sushi places in Philly no, in no. the 70s. You know, you know, you had, you know, it was an Italian neighborhood. Sure. You had a little grocery store. You had a, a butcher shop. You didn't have super, you know what I mean? Right. It wasn't a big thing. That's what you did. So you were very limited mm-hmm. to, to your exposure to food if you didn't travel much. Sure. And I was a kid. So where was I traveling? I was traveling from 8th Street to Broad Street, from Broad sure. Street to 5th Street. You had a 12-block radius if of that. where you yeah. were allowed to go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I grew up in the 80s, and it was the same thing. Yeah. It was definitely the same thing. So who was, who was the cook in your house? Well, my mother and my father and my grandmother. Yeah. They were all big cooks. I learned a lot from my dad. Yeah. And I learned a lot from my grandmother. Uh, I, you know what? I learned a lot from my mom, too. I, I learned a lot more from my dad because I worked with him as I got older. Sure. And, you know, he cooked all the time. Mm-hmm. And I learned it. You know what? I, you know, I'll tell you what. I didn't learn so much all this diversity in cooking, but I learned how to control... 
I don't want to say master because I don't think we ever do master it, but I learned how to control the basic seasonings. Mm, very important. It's extremely important. People take, you know, they're looking for all these exotic spices and this. If you can't control your salt, pepper, garlic, black pepper, mm. you know, just simple, you know, basil, right? Like simple seasonings, then what are you going to do with the other stuff? Sure. You know, I mean, you can make any dish in the world taste fantastic with just those four or five simple spices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well-seasoned food oh, is absolutely. worth its weight in gold. And I, and I come from a household where it was very well-seasoned. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with bland food. No. So, you know, no. my, my mother used a lot of olive oil, a lot of garlic. Mm-hmm. You know, when you ate something, you tasted it. She would spice everything as she went along. So everything that went in that pot would get spiced as it was going in. So I, you know, I learned the importance of seasoning. Yeah, did she, she do the uh, three-part meatball, the beef pork veal? Yes, oh, absolutely. <laughs> nice. It's the only way to fly. And my mom makes a killer meatball like that, too. But I learned a lot of cooking from my bocce, my grandma. And there's something about old ladies. And I have never tasted anything bad that has come from an old lady's kitchen. Do you know why I think that is, honestly? I think we're very spoiled today. I think that, you know, back in the 30s, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, when our grandmothers were, were, were growing up, they had nothing. I yeah. mean, they literally had nothing. So you not only had to learn how to stretch one particular ingredient because protein was was ridiculous. You didn't have protein. It was no protein. So when you did get something like ground beef or you you learned how to stretch it, you know, as much as you can and make it flavorful. I mean, I grew up eating what we called abulend, Mm -hmm. which you call polenta now. Mm -hmm. But you would make pots, giant pots of this cornmeal polenta you know, and mix it in with a Parmesan cheese and red gravy. And you could mm. feed a family of 50, Sure. you know, on a dollar. I mean, it was oh, ridiculous. Yeah. So you learned how to make that food taste good yeah. because there was nothing in it. No. And it was the depression. There was nothing. My, my bocce used to tell me stories about, you know, how her mom had to make like a 10-pound bag of potatoes last all week. Oh, and yeah. she had a million different ways to like cook it up. And that's what you had. And... You eat what you got and be glad you got it. I heard that many, 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 many times. And that's unfortunately why I'm not a picky eater. I guess I could cut down a little bit, but, you know. (laughs) You know, it's funny. uh, It's funny how our taste changes. We get older as well. I remember as a kid, I hated pasta vazul, Mm -hmm. which for people don't know what it is. It's, you know, it's kind of macaroni and beans, you know, and and, um, it's I hated it. I wouldn't eat it and I wouldn't eat tripe. As a kid. Now I could sit here and eat 20 pounds of tripe at a sitting and I can eat pasta vaso all day. I I think, I guess your, your, your tastes just tend to change. You know, when they talk about a more mature palate, uh, you know, I guess that's kind of what they mean. I mean, I'm telling you, I'd be forced to eat tripe. I wouldn't want to eat it. I hated it. I would literally take a, you know, a loaf of Italian bread and put one single tiny one inch by two inch cube of tripe in an entire loaf of bread and eat it because I would not eat it. And now I have to tell you, there's not many people can make it. My father makes it fantastic. And I try to find these older Italians that really, you know, know how to make tripe. And plus, it's such a long process to make tripe. You know, it's stinky. It's, you know, it's all of these things. But I got to tell you, when tripe is done right for me, Mm -hmm. 
there is no better dish on the planet really? for me. Oh my god, wow. I, I I would love to do a tour of just the greatest tripe restaurants <laughs> in America, which would probably be two, if that. <laughs> Coming this fall yeah, on the yeah, Travel Channel. <laughs> yeah, tripe across America. But it should be tender. It should be uh, have it you know flavorful from the gravy and the ingredients you put in. It shouldn't have that heavy flavor that it comes from not cleaning it well or cooking it well and it shouldn't be chewy like a rubber band you know because it's it, it's a oh god it's a great dish and it's super cheap who wants to eat the lining of a cow's stomach which is what tripe is sure so again you took all of these dishes that no one wanted mm-hmm. which were dirt cheap and you kept a family alive back yeah, there yeah. you know well, it, um, you know, looking back, how things change. Uh, my grandpa always used to get a real big kick. I live by Bernsey's Tavern, and they're, like, famous for their wings. And he used to just laugh and laugh and laugh. I can't believe you people eat those things. And I said, wow, they're great. He's like, you know, when I was a kid, like, they threw that threw out. Threw them out. <laughs> you literally threw them yeah. out. They gave them away. They yeah. couldn't actually, they couldn't, couldn't give them, them away. <laughs> so they threw them out. Yeah. You know, it's always supply and demand. I mean, my dad used to make kidneys. And uh, liver. Now, liver, I never acquired a taste for. Yeah. You know, they would they would do liver and onions, you know, with flour and a brown sauce. And I can't fool me. I know what the liver does. Yeah. I don't want to eat it. I just don't like the flavor, you know, because, you know, doing frankenfood, I've eaten some horrific things, you know. So it's not so much that it's just the flavor of liver. I, I, I just never God, I never took to it. My yeah. grandfather used to eat whole uh, lamb heads. You know, and the eyes and everything. Like I can't. I you know. I try. I ate a pig's head once, which is absolutely delicious. I've heard that. But I will not touch the snout under any circumstance. <laughs> it is a nose. It is nasty. I don't care how well you cook it or what you do. There's still little hairs that <laughs> that are popping out of the ah ah disgusting. And my mom was a little kid. Uh, her my my big bot. She used to live across the street, and she would watch her during the day. And she had a duck in her backyard. And my mom occasionally would go out and feed the duck. And one day the duck wasn't there. And coincidentally, they were having soup that night. And they told my mom it was chocolate soup. It was not chocolate soup. It was chinina, which is duck blood soup. So, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. And see, she, nothing, she cried. see, nothing went to waste. But <laughs> sure. you see what I mean? Even Absolutely. the blood of the animal yeah. was used. So, uh, you know, I, I, I love where we're going, though. This new explosion in cuisine in this country that people are so uh, willing to try different foods and um, experiment. That's the thing I love the best is experimenting with different foods. They're not afraid to get in the kitchen and put a bunch of stuff together and, and just come out with either something that is horrific or, or hit gold and yeah. find something that's great and just start over again, just keep doing it over and over again. Sure, absolutely. It, 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 and it's... It, just the, I think the internet really is really what's pushing it. Oh yeah, you know because if it was like 1987 and that would, people were trying that, that, it would be a little tiny hole in the wall place that nobody would ever. No go one would to, go. Yeah, that like somebody's grandpa owned and they just happened to try doing that. So, I, I, where was I? I was in L.A. It was oh god, I'm going to show my age now. I was in L.A. I think it was 1979, and a bunch of friends of mine took me to this restaurant for something called sushi. And I'm like, what is that? And they're like, well, you know, it's raw fish. I'm like, why can't they cook it? And he's like, because they don't cook it. It's raw fish. That's, that's right. the cuisine. I'm like, I'm not going to eat raw. No. Why would I eat raw fish? Right. Is there an Italian restaurant anywhere? It's like, no, you got to try. You got to try. And I have to tell you, it was love at first bite for yeah. me with sushi. Nice. I can still, 
I when I order sushi, they bring it in in boats. <laughs> Not even in a tray. Comes in a boat. Lady, he's putting my kids through college. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, it's so expensive. Oh, my God. It's ridiculously expensive. But, like, in the 80s on TV and in the movies and stuff, it was always, sushi was always the big joke. Oh, look at these rich idiots, and they're eating raw fish. And it's awesome. I love it. Oh, I love it. It is really expensive. Um, Really expensive. Well, beef now is going to be more. The beef prices in this country are just getting so out of hand. It's going to be where you can't even afford to have a protein. That's a shame. You know, there's so many people work so hard to, 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 to make this country great and build it up. And now we're in an economy that's just, you know, is tearing it down. And it's sad. You know, I, I can't because I personally cannot imagine a world for me without beef. I like I love beef. I'm not a vegetarian. I love vegetables. But, I, you know, I love beef. I love chicken. I love lamb. You know, I do. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to give it up. Do you think that might open the door more for like more local places, like you know, the, like locally raised cows? It'll be even stuff? more expensive. It's just so? very. Yeah. It's not so much. It's just very expensive to raise hmm. cattle now. I mean, everything is expensive. I mean, all the feed went up. It, it's you know, we, we we try to do one thing that's good, and then there's there's always some kind. You know, I always said that in life, for every positive, there's an absolute equal negative. Sure. somewhere mm-hmm. you know when they went to use the corn you know to make fuel to kind of help the fuel out then all the farmers converted to doing corn and then, they, and then there was no grazing there was no this there was no that so the, you know if you upset one thing something else so whether it's good or bad I, I i said it doesn't matter what you do there's always an impact on the other end of that absolutely oh so depressing but still delicious i'm sorry i didn't mean to depress <laughs> anyone but it's still delicious, though. I it is say. very. I can't I'm not eat fan. beef. Yeah, uh, I was a vegetarian actually for six years, and you know what pushed me over the edge was uh, I was kind of getting tired of it, and I was at a New Year's thing. It was like a forty dollar all you can eat, all you can drink deal, and they had uh, some kind of scary looking fish in like a sterno pan that I wasn't going to touch, and then they had like some kind of shitty chicken, and then they had filet mignons wrapped in bacon, uh, and I was like sold. Bacon is the the vegetarians worst it is a vegetarian killer actually because bacon has driven more vegetarians to eat meat than i think any other meat product available it's just the smell it's and i you know i feel so bad for the pig because everything about the pig is so delicious like he he was doomed from the start (laughs) i think bacon is my spirit animal i think No, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan. I, I love bacon so much. You know, so much. it's funny because I, you know, I, I get into a, a fight all the time. You know, I was very heavy, mm-hmm. very heavy. You know, I was 400 pounds. I went from 400 to 240. All right. So I lost 160 pounds. You know, and I worked out every day and, you know, I did everything I had to do. And I would still get people, like I, I, I literally just posted this new food um, creation of mine and you know and it's kind of like a hoagie with a cheesesteak with topped with a pepperoni pizza between two pretzel buns and it's absolutely delicious and I posted and we got like you know 20,000 it was ridiculous how many hits we got in in a couple days and then there was those peppered um, comments like you know you should really be ashamed of yourself you know this country's in such bad shape and everyone is obese and everyone is dying of diseases and you're peddling a food that is killing him and i and i have to tell you i lost the weight i tried i worked i did what i had to do 
What's killing Americans is not bacon. What's killing America is not the Italian hoagie, cheesesteak, pepperoni pizza, pretzel bun sandwich. What's killing America is, is eating 20 pounds of bacon, yeah. eating five of the pretzel buns. Because I got to tell you, you know, you can eat salmon. You eat two pounds of salmon a day, you're going to get sick. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in, instead of people, and I believe that there needs to be diversity. There needs to be, I would never want to live in a world where I was eating food that the government or a panel of people deemed healthy food. Because, unfortunately, I've known people my whole life to live to be 80 years old, 90 years old, and have the worst, have pork and beef. And I've known people that worked out every day and never are vegans and never ate and, and got cancer. And I mean, it, it, It's always the joggers that drop dead of a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I'm not saying, and, and I, I want to make this clear, I'm not saying that you shouldn't live a healthier life. I'm not saying that you shouldn't make healthier choices. But the idea that bacon... Right is killing people. People are killing people because they're not eating in moderation. I believe nothing in food is a problem if it's done in moderation. Even with my cheesesteaks. You know, I don't tell people, I don't tell someone, come and eat a cheesesteak every single day. Oh, God. Eat cheesesteaks twice, three times a day. Because if you do, eventually, you're going to have a weight problem. Not necessarily you're going to be ill because everyone's body... Sure. Uh, metabolizes carbohydrates and proteins differently. Sure. We all know that one skinny person that eats like shit Everything. and you're like, what are you doing? Everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so you don't know and, and you see people that look relatively healthy and their people are heavy and they don't have any diabetes, they don't have any high blood pressure and someone who's thin, uh, you know, has high blood pressure, diabetes. So you don't know, but I think it's all about moderation and I, I would be nuts if, 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 if we lived in a world where there wasn't. My biggest pet peeve is when I'm traveling and I travel a lot, mm -hmm. that I'm only, the only thing available to me when I'm traveling, especially when I'm traveling by car, is junk food. Mm. I don't like that either. I don't like the fact that every single uh, 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 rest stop that I walk into, I have burgers, fried chicken, you know, or th there's nothing. Rem I, I, and on the same hand, where I don't want to eat everything healthy, I'd like some diversity there too. I should be able to make a decision on what I want to eat when I go and have different choices. So that's always been a, a subject with me that I tend to really overblow it out, which you probably will edit as much as you can. No, no. But, I, you know, it's just a very sensitive spot for me because I've been very heavy, and I know what that's like, and I know what it's like to, to try to stay fit and, and to eat the right thing. Sure. And I think that I feel bad for people who now if you love if you hate cheesesteaks and you hate pizza and you hate fried chicken i don't know how you could but if you did then that's great i you know i just i, I hate to see people deny themselves pleasures right when life is so short i don't want to live to be 100 and be miserable my entire life because for the last 20 years i never ate pizza which is my favorite sure so there's nothing wrong with having a slice now or then or a fried chicken now or then or a cheesesteak now or then. It's just, I think, the secret is just moderation in everything that yeah. we do. Sure, I mean, would it, like, have a cheesesteak for lunch and then for dinner. Maybe have a salad with your dinner. Like, it's not going to kill you. No. It, it's really not. I, yeah, you're right. And I and some people have just weird aversions. And I, I actually had somebody say to me once, I'm a grown-up, I can eat what I want. And I was like, what? what? 
<laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> like with a straight face. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So uh, we actually, me and you actually have something in common. We're both Kappa grads. Yes. What year did you graduate? No, 93. Oh, God. <laughs> thanks. I couldn't feel any older, Nicole, than I do right now. I was actually the first graduating class in 1980. Yeah. They call us the originals. Right. Wow. In the uh, in the uh, oil company building, right? In the was it the was on uh, Broad and Spruce. Yeah. We wow. had the 16th, 17th, 18th floor, and then eventually I think we took the 19th floor as well. Wow. Well, uh, I I still had there were when I was there there were still a couple of original teachers left. Uh, uh, Dave Ballantyne. Yes. And Sue Rosenthal. Yeah. Oh, who, who is love, still alive. I love. <laughs> let me tell you something about Sue Rosenthal. What a wonderful, she really sweet is. woman she was. I, you know, I went for acting and and vocals, and you know, I was never really good at school. It never kept my attention. And she taught history. Yeah. Great and, history teacher. Oh my God. And I remember sitting there, and she's like, "Tony, are you just not interested?" And I'm like, "No, not." She's like, no, you're not. I said, I don't really care. Why do I care about the past? I don't care about the past. You know, I'm a kid. Right. I don't care. I don't want to learn. What do you want to do, Tony? I'm an actor. I want to act. I said, that's what I want to do. I'm a singer. I want to sing. I want to write music. That's what I want. That's what interests me. That's what I want to do. She went, really? She said, okay. She said, you know what? Let's try something. So she took our class, whatever subject we were working on, and she made me work it out like a play. Okay. And I had a role, and then someone else in the other class had another role. And when I tell you I learned more about history from her than I ever did in my entire life, and, and to me, she always showed me that she was the, the epitome of what a teacher should be. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not saying that there aren't uh, techniques and studies that have to be done, but I think a, a teacher needs to, to, a great teacher goes beyond that. They see what a student needs and they adjust in that manner. Now, it was easier for her because it was a performing arts school. Right. So everybody was like, yeah, I'll be in a play. Yeah, I want to do. Yeah, I'll sing this. You know, so everyone had similar interests. But, you know, I'll, I'll never, ever, ever forget Sue Rosenthal. Oh, she's great. And, you know, it doesn't matter what year you graduated. She will, rec she will recognize oh, you. Yeah. And yeah. she knows who you <laughs> yeah, are. She does. And she only really retired, like, maybe like six years ago. And I mean, a friend of mine did a, a French Fest play and she was in it. Really? And, and she's like, Sue Rosenthal's in my play. And I was like, what? And then I hit up Dave Valentine on Facebook. I'm like, she's still alive. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, amazing lady. God bless her. Yeah, still with the red glasses. And uh... <laughs> I could see her right in front of me. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was, a, it was an amazing time for me. Kappa, some of the fondest memories of my life have come from Kappa. And it actually... I mean, I've said this in an interview before, Kappa saved my life. I was a South Philly kid. I was getting in trouble. I should have been dead or in, in, in jail. And, you know, I had a very narrow view of life. Sure. You know. The neighborhood view. Yeah, just very narrow. And I'm going to Kappa, and there was all these different races and religions and, 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 and orientations. And, it, it, you know, I was like, oh, my God, what is this? You know, and everyone was getting along and no one was fighting and everything was okay. And it opened up my eyes to life. It opened up my eyes that there's more to life than the 10 square blocks that I was living. And it literally changed me as a person. I don't think 
I would have been able to do anything or accomplish anything that I've had, I have accomplished in all these years if it wasn't for Kappa. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. They just, it gives you that odd world view of just everything. Just, I, right, exactly what you mean, because you're at that age, that 14 year age where it can go either way. Yep. You can You can never leave your neighborhood. Not that there's anything wrong with staying in your neighborhood, but just to see that there are other people out there and you fit in with them. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, yeah. Definitely. Well, it, it teaches you to, which I think the biggest problem for this human race, to be honest, is we always tend to either hate or shy away from, um, get very defensive around anything that we don't understand. Sure. Whether it's a culture, well, it doesn't matter, but you know, Kappa opened me up to all these other cultures and all of these kids who were amazing human beings that came from all of these different backgrounds. You know, and I, rem I remember just one day waking up and saying, oh my God, was I living in a bubble my entire life? It's like, you know, I had one view of everything and then it was completely shattered when I went to Kappa and it just made me a better human being. It really did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's an I, amazing school. I, I cannot say enough about it. That's awesome. Anybody I talk to for many of the years, they all say, everybody says the same thing. And that, like, you don't really hear that too much when you talk to people from other schools. They don't, you know, they, they like their school, whatever, or they have that rah-rah spirit, but I don't think they get the Kappa thing. They never mm. get it. I try to explain it, but I just can't. I feel so honored. You know, I, I, I literally, even in my age, when I'll meet people from Kappa and they'll go, Tony Luke. You're one of the originals, right? And I'm like, oh my god, that's such a great title. One yeah. of the, it's good and it's bad because it makes me, makes me feel old. But it's like, dude, you're one of the originals. Yeah. I'm like, wow, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I was in the uh, Palumbo Building. Oh yeah, that was when they was that the that was the first move, right? That was or the second. That move? was the second move. They, there was there was a move in the middle between your building and mine and then it was it was in the Palumbo building for a while and they kept promising to move us to the to the building they're in now in the Ridgeway Library but it was really I think Rendell's wife I think took it over as like a pet project way after I graduated but they kept saying we're gonna move you we're gonna move you and that's where it's at now is such a great spot yeah. for that school it's I a mean, beautiful building have you been in there yeah we didn't have we had no desks yeah no <laughs> I had no desks no we sat on the floor it was the most amazing time of my life. It was absolutely, God, it was incredible. We had Jerry Saucerman and Kenny Horoff and LaDiva Davis. She's still there. Is she? She's oh, Miss Davis, she's Still a doing great the Thanksgiving lady. parade. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> amazing. It was just such a great, oh, and such great kids. And just to be around all of that, not just the talent, the passion, to be around other kids who can't wait to get to school yeah. because there's so much to do and and it was such a different atmosphere from me growing up in grade school you know I come from a Catholic school go you know Catholic grade school going in into cap it it was like you know in grade school I was like I want to get out I can't wait till sure. it's over I went, you know and in cap I was like oh man I, I hated the weekends it's like I want to get back to school yeah. I want to you know I want to start that new play I want to read this new book I want to Ah oh, man, what an amazing time! Yeah, it was good. Definitely good times. It was. Yeah. It was a good choice, I think, on my part, and I think on yours too. Yeah. Could you imagine how different your life would have been if you would have went to Newman? Well, actually, 
I did go to Newman. I got thrown out for fighting the first year. <laughs> so I was at, it's really, I, I'll tell you very quickly, it's really a good story. I, I went to Newman and, and I got thrown out for fighting. I always, I always had a really bad temper as a kid. And, you know, I was in that mode, mm-hmm. you know, the tough guy mode. Nobody's going to put it. And uh, I was working, uh, loading trucks. I was 14 years old. I was loading trucks and I was working about eight months. And I wasn't going back to school. Oh. You know, I was like, that's it. What do I need to go back to school for? I'm going to load trucks, make some money, you know, the whole thing. And sure. my father said, oh, come here. He said, you got to go back to school. I don't want to hear it. I'm like, why do I got to go back to school? I'm worried. He goes, you got to go back to school. He goes, and here, look what I look in the paper. They're holding auditions for some kind of a, an acting school, singing. You want to be an actor. You want to be a singer. Go, go audition. And I remember going there and... Oh, there were so many kids. It was ridiculous. I forgot where they held it, but it had to be someplace big because there was, it looked to me like there were thousands of kids there. Sure. And what did they pick? Like a couple hundred out of that? Yeah. And I remember, I remember the incident that got me in the school. There was a, a Lenny Daniels was a teacher there. Uh-huh. And I, I went for the drama part. Vocal, I was pretty confident in. Like, I knew I, I knew I could sing, so I thought if I could sing, I can get in. Sure. But it was way more for that. So I did the... And they wanted everyone to be an animal. And I'll never forget it. And I'm like, I'm like from South Philly. I'm like, animal? <laughs> you want me to bark like a dog on stage? Like, well, you could be a lamb. You could be a lamb. I'm like, I... You know, because the whole South Philly me is coming out going, <laughs> talking about, you know, this is 1977. Right. So I'm like, what do you mean? It was 70 or 78, I think we started. And um, so I said, right, I'm going to be a dog. So I'm, and everybody's on stage, you know, who's roaring like a lion, who's meowing like a kitten. And we were, on, we were on a stage, and then there was a table with Lenny Daniels, I think Jerry Sausserman, Kenny Horoff, and I think Bonnie Wasco. I'm not 100% because she was one of my drama teachers too. So I'm looking at all these kids, you know, walking around, and I said, you know what, the hell with this. And I jump off this stage, I run like a dog, and I jam my head between the thighs of Lenny Daniels, the drama teacher, this woman, <laughs> like I'm a dog sniffing where, and she jumped off that chair five feet, <laughs> five feet, and she goes, oh my God, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm a dog, I'm doing what dogs do, and I literally, I remember when I got in, they said, when you did that, we were like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got to go. That's great, that's a great story. <laughs> Oh man, well, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, so, uh, so for those of for those people out there who might not know who you are, you do run a extremely successful cheesesteak shop, and also, uh, you know, with the um, with the broccoli rabe, and the, you know, you're you're mm-hmm. you're really popular with the pork and the broccoli rabe. Chicken cutlets, pork Italian, yeah, they do. Oh, really I love a chicken cutlet. Thank you. Yeah, so good. Um, and uh, you know, you're starting to franchise. Like mm-hmm. you're you're all around the area now. Um, and uh, how does one open uh, a couple of shops in Bahrain? Well, it, it actually, you know, when we first had the idea of doing that, um, everyone's chasing the same dollar here. Sure. So I thought, why not go where there isn't any competition to chase? And I knew that um, Bahrain, the Middle East, were very, very, very big on meat. Mm-hmm. But not so much meat and a sandwich and cheese like that whole so it was a risk but it wind up turning out amazingly successful we now have two in bahrain uh we're looking at dubai now 
We're also looking at Manchester, England. Oh, they uh, do love meat in England. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's the whole... Now, we don't obviously, we don't sell pork in the Middle East. Yeah, right, right. And all right. of the meat in the Middle East has to be halal. Sure. So, and we do have the capability of doing that. Uh, you know, and now we have them in Florida. Houston's opening. L.A.'s opening. Um, I saw you, uh, have, uh, you have a couple coming soon in L.A. Yeah, we have a few in L.A. getting ready to open. We're getting ready for Allentown's about to open. New York, we're, we're looking at a location now for New York. we got Maryland about to open. Washington's about to open. You know, so we're pretty much, uh, we're, we're covering most of the East Coast mm -hmm. and just hitting, well, we have Houston, right? Houston's opening. So we're, we're spotted across the country. But we're mostly, you know, uh, the majority of the stores are on the East Coast. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, with the L.A. thing, they, you know, they have Rita's Water Ice out there now. Mm -hmm. There's one in Santa Monica, and they have Dunkin' Donuts. So you can, like, finish the trifecta. That's right. You know, we got to give them some cheesesteaks. I, I know a lot of people who live out there who are moving out from Philly, and uh, they're, they're excited about it. Yeah, it's, you know, the cheesesteak literally has become, you know, an American sandwich, which was once just a Philadelphia treat, now really has become a staple you'll find a cheesesteak on almost every menu i don't care where you go in the country now they're not all great but they're there um uh, we've kind of perfected what we need to do to make sure that it is very close mm -hmm. to the original sure um so i think we got a really good formula uh we got a really good package together and you know i always said i didn't invent the cheesesteak obviously but I said 22 years ago when we started, I didn't invent it, but 25, 30 years from now, and I even used that number, and we're at like 22 years, so I still got another three years to make good on this, to be 25, that, you know, I don't care where you are in America, if you say cheesesteak, you'll think of Tony Luke's. So that was my goal, and, you know, we, we, know, we have the frozen food line, yeah. you know, in all the supermarkets, so... It really is becoming, you know, Tony Luke's is literally becoming synonymous with the cheesesteak, which is great, but it, it's not my favorite sandwich. I mean, the, to be honest, the chicken cutlet Italian is my absolutely favorite sandwich, and then right under that would be the roast pork Italian, and then a cheesesteak. And I guess maybe because you, you could get a cheesesteak anywhere, but to get the, a, a really good pork Italian or a chicken cutlet Italian, it's it's so limited. No, there's only two know. places that I would go to get it, and it's your place and at John's. Yeah, and so that's it. it's very you know yeah. it, it's a limited, it's a limited thing. So I every time we open up someplace else, we push the cheesesteaks obviously because it's mm -hmm. a Philadelphia brand. But we also tell people, hey, look, you got to try this chicken cutlet. If you don't eat pork, you got to try the chicken cutlet. And if sure. you eat pork, you got to try this this pork Italian because those to me are the superstar sandwiches. Yeah, they're so good. They're so good. I, I was uh, about ten years ago. I was in this like. It's like a diner restaurant type place in Chicago. And they had a, and I was the only person from Philly sitting in the booth. And the waitress comes over and I started laughing. And I said, uh, is this Philly, Philly cheesesteak on your menu here? And she said, yeah. And I, and choking, I said, oh yeah, what's that? A steak on a roll? And she looked at me dead eye and said, what else would it be? <laughs> and I cried. I cried at the table because that was just not right. I tell people, I don't care where you go. If on the menu or on the board it says Philly cheesesteak, run. <laughs> Why it's it should just say cheesesteak. Shouldn't say Philly cheesesteak. It's cheesesteak. Cheese you know, it's 
do, uh, you know, a comedian once said, do you go to Belgium and order a Belgium waffle or do you just yeah, order absolutely. a waffle? You know, so. Yes. That's always been a pet peeve of mine. I, you know, I, you know, and we've been battling back and forth, <laughs> me and the brand. Like, well, if you go to, you know, Chicago, you got to call it a, no, uh-uh, no, it's a cheesesteak. <laughs> well, they know it is a, it's a cheesesteak. Reeducate. It's a cheesesteak. Well, they know they know that the brand is from Philly, so it's just sort of a given that yeah. it's a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. You don't have to call it that. So yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so you say you do a lot of traveling and stuff. Yeah. So uh, any particular food cities like pop out to you? Oh you, my when you're God, like, oh, yeah. I'm going here. I'm so excited. One of my one of my absolute all time favorite food cities is Chicago. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely God, I love that, and I had the pleasure. Uh, to go to Alinea in Chicago. Oh, yeah? Which is, I, um, I don't even know how to describe that. Uh, it was probably one of the greatest food experiences I've ever had in my life. Now, the food was good. I didn't think the food was great. It was good. But the experience was completely overwhelmingly amazing. Nice. It a was total worth, package, huh? It was. It's a. It's stupid expense. Like it's ridiculously expensive, but for what they do to watch a master at molecular gastronomy work, it boggles your mind. It's just brilliant. And if you go with the intent of saying, oh, I'm going to eat this amazingly great food, you'll be very disappointed. Right. If you go and and say, look what they can do and make these different types of food so unconventionally it's just it 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 was it was man it was incredible wow and boston's another favorite city of mine um but i'll tell you what i don't like i don't care i've eaten it everywhere i went to chicago i went to the best of the best i went to the worst of the worst deep dish pizza is a travesty <laughs> it is not a pizza it should be called a pie it is a uh, a, a giant quiche with no egg in it i mean you know i don't know even what to call it wow. you know it's a meat kind of it's right. i love my favorite food in the entire world bar none nothing even comes a close second is pizza it's the greatest food ever created it is next to the sun shining every day it is the greatest gift from God that the human race has ever received. Wow. I am so blown away by, um, by just everything about pizza, the texture, the flavor, its simplicity, you know, and I've eaten it at so many places. I, you know, I, 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 see, I get tongue-tied. It would be the last meal of my life. It was the last meal. If I, if I had to get locked in a place and I could never leave, I'd say stock it with 25 years of pizza. I don't care. Wow, okay. And, I, it's, I, and it is the worst food for me. Yeah. Here's why. I could sit here and eat a 10-pound piece of steak. I could eat a bowl of pasta. I could eat four hoagies. If I eat... One slice of pizza, I gained 65 pounds. <laughs> I don't know what it is about pizza. that It must tell my body to just go on overload and produce fat. Just keep producing fat. Just produce fat. Produce fat. And I don't care. I don't care. 
Like I've literally, I, I've been back from doing Frankenfood and I put on, when I did Frankenfood, I put on 30 pounds doing the show. I came back, I knocked 20 of those pounds off, knocked them out. And then I said, you know what? I think I'll have a pizza. And I put 35 pounds on. <laughs> wow. And I only had one pie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, and it, it, is, it, is, it is pure, you can torture me. Put pies on the table, handcuff me, and tell me I can't eat them. Oh, man. And worse torture than anything, any waterboard, anything you think <laughs> that, you know, the government can do to torture you. <laughs> Put a pizza in front of me, especially a white pie. I love a white pie. Oh, but white I'll pie. tell you what I don't like. What's that? I think it's a travesty to put regat on a white pie. Yeah. I do not like regat on a white pie. A white pie to me is simple. It's olive oil. It's a little bit of oregano. It's Parmesan cheese, you know, sprinkled. It's mozzarella. And, you know, it's more olive oil on top and garlic, some fresh garlic. Put it and that's and maybe some red pepper seed. And that's it. That's it. It's and thin. The thinner, the better. It's, you know, I have um, two places that I absolutely love for pizza. Here in Philly. Okay. Absolutely. Just Let's hear. It's uh, Franco and Luigi's white oh, pie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All their pizzas. Fra good. But their, their oh. white pie is my favorite. Thin white pie, Franco and Luigi's. And without a doubt, the margarita pizza at uh, Gennaro's. Oh, okay. On Jackson mm -hmm. Street. Yep, yep. It is like a coal oven style pizza. It is super thin. I don't know what he does with that gravy. I call it gravy. I'm self so Everyone else calls it sauce. It's great. <laughs> You know, and technically it would be sauce because it's more of a marinade, not a marinara, a marinade. Um, so, you know, there's no meat in it. So technically it would probably be a sauce. Right, right. But uh, I don't know what they do. It's perfect every single time. And, you know, those are my two favorite places. When anyone comes in town, I take them to one or the other because Franco and Luigi's uh, also as one of the best Italian restaurants. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is just, it is absolutely, the, the, the atmosphere is great. It's a lovely place. It's, it's, oh, God. And Frankie, a graduate of Kappa, 1980. That's right. That's right. Frankie is also a, a graduate. Guy. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, and it's just, it's just amazing. But I've traveled everywhere I go, I have to hit a pizza place. doesn't matter. If I'm in a new city, I, I get online. I was in uh, uh, Dallas. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm on the... Uh, I'm on the internet, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. So I'm in the hotel, and there's a food book, like a magazine. Sure. Just a food mag, and, and it's like articles of, you know, interviews, great chefs. I know, I'm really long -winded. No, no, I'm just well, making sure it's so, still moving. <laughs> uh, interviews with great chefs, and uh, there was a chef there, and I'm, he's going to kill me for not re, uh, remembering his name, but I will remember his name in a minute. I'm just getting older. And uh, I don't remember things as well <laughs> as I used to. No, I understand. And I'm reading, the, uh, I'm reading the um, uh, article, and uh, they're interviewing these chefs, and this guy has this pizzeria. The chef has a pizzeria in uh, Deep Ellum, okay. which is a, a neighborhood there. And um, I'm reading this, and I'm reading this, and I'm reading this, and... Um, He's talking about pizza and how he came from New York and all these things. And he came to Dallas and he really wanted to make a great place. So she's asking him, she goes, oh, okay, so, you know, you love pizza? He goes, yeah. She goes, well, if it wasn't pizza, you know, do you have a favorite food? And he goes, oh, 
That's absolutely easy. The roast pork Italian at Tony Luke's <laughs> in Philadelphia is the greatest sandwich it was ever. And I'm like, oh, my God. I love this man already. And he's talking about his pizza. So I go on Twitter and I tweet, I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in Dallas, really looking for some pizza. Uh, would, you know, would love to find a great place. You know, Tony Luke Jr. And literally, I hit the tweet button and 30 seconds later, it's the chef going, oh, my God, you're in Dallas. Oh, my God, you have to come and try my pizza. And I got to tell you, it was absolutely fantastic. And, and all, the pizza he brought out was absolutely great. I would go back again and again and again. But he did something at the end that I literally lost my mind. I lost my, I lost my mind. What did he do? Lost my mind. He brings out all this pizza, and it's delicious, and his other food was great, and we're sitting there, and we're talking, and um, he says, Tony, before you go, I want you to try something. I'm like, what is it? He goes, a dessert. I'm like, ah, I got to tell you, I don't like sweets. I don't, I don't eat desserts. I'm not, I'm, every once in a while, I'll get in the mood, but I'm not a cake or a pie or a guy. You know, I'll eat it, right. but it's not my thing. He goes, no, 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 no. Trust me. I'm like, all right. So he brings out this pizza. And I go, what's this? He goes, it's dessert. I'm like, it's a dessert pizza. And he goes, yeah. Well, what's on it? He goes, mascarpone and Nutella and this. And, he's going, and he said, and I bake it. I put it in, the, in a wood-burning oven. And I'm like, I mean, how good? You know, come on, real. And he cuts it. When I'm telling you, I am sitting here talking to you right now, and I'm, my eyes are closed, and I'm thinking of it, and all the hairs on the back of my neck and my arms are standing I can't even describe the absolute deliciousness of this. It was probably one of the greatest things I've ever, I'd left there in a fog. Wow. 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 It's insane. And I said to him, oh, was it on a man? He goes, no, not really. Sometimes <laughs> I put it on. You know, sometimes I want to be a jerk and just, you know, deny people the most delicious dish <laughs> ever created. You know, why not? Why wouldn't I do that? Oh, that's funny. But he was, he was really a great guy. And I'm, I'm struggling w to, to remember his name right now. And it will come to me. Um, it'll come to me. Well, we'll be halfway through this conversation. <laughs> and it'll come to me. Uh, and I'll say, oh, guess what? You know, this is what happens when you get old. That's why I tell people, <laughs> don't get old because this is exactly what happens. But um, great guy. Great place, um, just, just awesome, 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 awesome guy. Wow, in Dallas, not really known for their cuisine. No, no, not at all. In fact, I got to tell you, I, and not because I'm from Philly. I just, you know, uh, Texas was great. Um, you know, I, uh, Dallas didn't blow me away. I mean, it just didn't blow me away as far as the city, sure. like a food city. Right. I you think know, Austin is really the food city. Austin is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I went. Oh, so oh, let me tell you something. Franklin Barbecue lives up to every bit of the hype. Really? Every bit of the hype. And then I went from Franklin's bar Barbecue. You know, I filmed in Lockhart, Texas, uh -huh. which is the barbecue capital of Texas with Kreutz's Barbecue, Black's Bar, like all of it. And I ate at every single place. And it was one more incredible than the other. But in the end, I have to tell you, Franklin's just inched their way oh. ahead of the pack. 
Man, I love good barbecue. That's something that we we have in Philly, but not an overabundance of. I, you know, I, I oh, I remember the chef's name as of right now, <laughs> Jay Gerriere or Gero. It, it's it's actually Jay, and his last name is J E R R I E R. So I don't know how you would say that, Gerriere or Gerriere something. Yeah. Jay, un, unbelievable guy, great guy. Um, and uh, great, great place. But yeah, Lockhart was great. Black's Barbecue was f- absolutely fantastic. But let me tell you something. Franklin's? Oh, my. I went into a barbecue coma. Oh, nice. Coma. And then it was really good because he was actually a Philly, Philadelphia fan, loved the cheesesteak, knew who I was, was great. Not the owner. This was the manager. The owner wasn't there. Right. The chef owner wasn't there. The manager was there. And he said, come on in the back. And he took me and he showed me all of the barbecue, you know, smokers oh, and wow. just, I mean, he gave me such an amazing tour. It was, it was pretty incredible. That's it was awesome. Really memorable. And Boston, another one of my favorite cities. If you go to Boston, I will give you a restaurant uh-huh. that you absolutely, absolutely cannot miss under any circumstances. Okay. It's a place called the All Star Sandwich Bar. Okay. It is actually in Cambridge. Okay. Oh. Everything, it's two brothers that own it, uh-huh. okay? It's uh, Costa and Johnny is the other brother. Johnny's the chef. Costa's kind of the business guy. Johnny makes everything from scratch. When I say everything, he on his menu one day, he was doing, um, um, oh, God, kimchi. And I'm like, you're buy- buying kimchi? Buying kimchi? I don't buy anything. I'm, and it was... Some of the what? best kimchi I ever had. Wow. And then one dish I hate, 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 hate from a kid. I don't like it now as an adult. I hate, I despise meatloaf. I don't like it. You I can't never have stand. my mom's meatloaf. I don't like anyone's so meat. Good. I hate meatloaf. <laughs> so I get there and he goes, you've got to try our meatloaf sandwich. I'm like, I wouldn't try that sandwich if you paid me a thousand. It's meatloaf. I don't care what you do. If it's done right, it's a giant meatball. I love meatballs, but meatloaf, don't. he said, Tony, I'm telling you. It was called, I think it was called a nuclear meatloaf, something like that. Oh my God. I ate four sandwiches that day oh, shit. in one sitting. Wow. I was like, you have changed my mind on how great meatloaf can be. Wow. I love it when that happens. When you just, uh, there's, like, I hate Brussels sprouts. Like, I love Brussels sprouts. I would rather be lit on fire than eat Brussels sprouts. I hate them so much. But uh, a friend of mine uh, who occasionally co-hosts this podcast with me, uh, she was waitressing at High Street on Market, on Market mm-hmm. Street. And she was bringing over different things for me to try. And she's like, try this pizza. And I'm like, what is that? She said, Brussels sprouts. And I said, I'm not eating that. She's like, eat it. They shaved the Brussels sprouts mm. with, um, I think it was, uh, oh, Jesus, talk about getting old. Um, I forget what kind of meat was on there. Uh, I want to say uh, some kind of porchetta or something okay. that was on there. And uh, and then, like, shaved, like, squash or something. It was some kind of other weird, goofy thing. And I hate, hate, hate Brussels sprouts. I could not get enough of that little pizza. They're, yeah. they're like little squares of pizza. Uh, you got to get down there and check that out. It's ridiculous. I love, I love, when, especially when they, they fry them up with some bacon and onions and they get real crisp uh-huh. and then they put them in the oven. It almost burns some of the leaves. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I, uh, yeah, and that's, a, that's another dish. Wouldn't eat if you paid me Brussels sprouts when I was a kid. Yeah. Grew up, loved them. 
Yeah. You know, my, my taste buds have changed. I, I but that's so strange. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. She, and I was like, don't tell my mom. <laughs> 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 she doesn't listen to this, so she'll never know. But, uh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh yeah, so uh, so okay, so so you're you're not like cooking cheese steaks every day over at the place anymore. No, I miss um, it. I travel. I don't. I don't really get in there much. Anymore. But do you do you get to cook at all? Um, you know, I cook a lot when I'm here at, at Flatiron just to stay in practice and create new dishes. But I haven't been on the line. I actually did a show across the street about a week ago, and I had to cook. And let me tell you something: I have not lost my touch. <laughs> hey, once you get that touch with the spatula, right. it never goes not away. Not lost my touch. <laughs> And uh, okay, last question: What is your secret shame food? Ooh, secret shame food. For wow. instance, I love cheese in a can. So you like the whiz, the cheddar whiz in a can? It's terrible for you, but I love My it. My favorite shame food. Ooh, that's that is an extremely difficult question for me because I really, I'm proud to eat everything. I don't ever. <laughs> you know feel funny eating one thing or another um wow i you know i honestly i i, I don't have really? one i really right. I, you know i'll eat anything in front of anyone i don't care just don't get close to me when i'm eating because <laughs> you'll be in trouble i'm literally like a dog who hasn't eaten in a week when i'm around i don't care what it is and i'm eating um now, you know, I, the, the only food I think is a weird food that I would put as a shame food, but I hate it, so I don't eat it, is Peeps. Oh, I don't, really? I don't, you don't like, like Peeps? No, I don't like I mean, it's eating a little, a little yellow bird. I can't, <laughs> you know. I eat like one Peep a year because I get excited. I see them, I eat one, and that's it for the rest yeah. of the year. I think it's just like com communing with my little kid inside. Really? And then that's it. So I'll buy like a three pack, eat one, and give the other two away, and that's it. The other it's thing, too sugary for yeah, me. And, well, yeah, and well, it's the other thing. I Halloween comes, like, oh, it's Halloween. I'm like, get that <laughs> crazy, stupid corn. What, is, what do they call <laughs> candy that? Corn. Candy, candy corn. corn. Terrible. It is. Uh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's just, just get a straw, suck a gallon of 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 uh, corn syrup, because you'll get the same effect. I hate, I hate, I, you know. But it, it's not fair because I don't like. I'm really not a big sweets fan. Yeah, me either. me either. You know what I mean? There's certain food I just, you know, but they, like I'll, I'll be in the mood for pie or ice cream. I get in the mood for every once in a while, and I'll literally eat two or three giant spoonfuls, and then I'm good for a year. Yeah. But savory? Oh, I'd rather eat a block of cheese, you know? Yeah. You, you, bring, you bring out the cheese, and I get very excited. Ah, I love cheese. You know, I want to, like, move into De Bruno's. I just want to just... Oh, what a great place. Isn't that a great place? Oh, it's amazing. And I work at 17th and Market, so I'm right around the corner from uh, the one on Chestnut yeah, Street. Yeah, it's a great a one. Emilio's a great dude. It, it's, a, it's a great... He, let me tell you something. I don't think there's anyone more knowledgeable or better of a place to go than De Bruno Brothers for yeah. cheese. It's absolutely... It's just... It's insane. And even, like, their sandwiches, we get a lot of... Uh, I, I work for a big insurance place. They uh, We have a lot of meetings, so we're always ordering sandwich trays. And they're always coming up with new and exciting combinations for sandwiches, even oh, the vegetarian God, yeah. sandwiches. And then they put out the leftovers for us to pee on, so I get to, like, you know, try <laughs> it. And it's, uh, it's good stuff. So... So yeah, all right. Well, uh, you, are you doing a? Are you doing more of your show or? We didn't. We didn't get uh, word yet on second season. Uh huh. But we still have time to find out whether or not we're doing that. Um, my new single, though, I was very happy to find out last week that it is. Uh, it, it is. Uh, 
being considered uh, it's what they call Grammy consideration. Oh, cool. So it's not been nominated, uh-huh. but it is in the ballad. Very cool. To be nominated. Very cool. So I'm very excited about that because music was always my first love. We're doing that. I'm working on a new film. Mm-hmm. So we're getting the finance together now, which cool, is, cool. it's kind of a horror action film. Oh, I like which it. Which I'm really, really excited about. Very cool. Uh, so there's a lot of things. I got a new, uh, actually, I'm doing a new web um, uh, website, uh-huh. uh, food website okay. that I'm getting together that I'm really excited about. Cool. It's going to be absolutely cool. Cool. Me and so, you should uh, do a web series where we uh, just go eat everywhere. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. I mean, there's a lot going on. You know, I feel good. Stores are doing okay, and, uh, you know, business is moving, and, um, you know, just, you can't slow down. You got to keep, what's the saying? If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl, but just keep moving forward. Oh, yeah, forward momentum. Because you take one day where you're stagnant, and the next thing you know, it's six months, and it's a year, and you haven't done anything. Yeah, you can't. It creeps up on you. Can't do it. And we're both getting too old for that, I think. You're still a lot younger than me. <laughs> not that much. Not that much younger. Not uh, that over much. a decade. <laughs> well, hey, thanks so much for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. And uh, I can't wait to go get a cheesesteak because now that's all I can think about. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It's really been a great pleasure. Anytime. 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 All right. Well, that was my sit down with Tony Luke Jr. And I have to say, Tony was one of the nicest guys I ever got to hang out with. So nice, in fact. He actually made me his Frank and Philly Luke Jr. monstrosity of a sandwich. It was a pretzel roll with Italian hoagie meat, cheesesteak, and a little pepperoni pizza. Now, it sounds scary, but actually it was really delicious because you mix the olive oil and the meat and the cheese and the sauce. So you have your your salt and your fat and your savory. It, just, it was ridiculous. It just made your mouth dance, you know? It's a true story. So uh, actually, if you would like to try that, it's available for one night only at Flatiron across from Tony Luke's on Oregon Avenue this Wednesday night, October 29th, from 4 to 9 p.m. So if you're in the area, go check it out. You won't be disappointed. And if you want to see a picture of this thing, check out the Digi Eat Twitter account. That's Digi underscore Eat. And that's also our, our uh, Instagram account. So thanks for listening. And check out Tony on Spike's Frankenfood and on the internet at TonyLukes.com and on Twitter at TonyLukeJR. Thanks a lot, and uh, don't forget to chew your food. See you next time.